Oh, I'm sweetie. Be honest. <laughs> yeah, be honest. I I've been having a rough time. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna lie. I have been having a rough time, and so I've been doing my best to like reach out to my friends and stuff, and just saying, "Hey, like I need support," or you know, "Give me a minute <laughs> to mm-hmm. get myself together." Like I feel like I just been like one of the things like my therapist said to me um when I first lost my job is she was like well she always she was like this is something that you do she was like you know when you get upset and you are annoyed or frustrated you just shut down completely and like so I really have been trying to work through the moments of frustration and sadness and uh confusion and uncertainty (laughs) Yeah. And still trying to, um, you know, create and like push forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's all I can say. I've been, I've been going to the park, you know, mm-hmm. when I feel sad and, and journaling and stuff and like, it's been helpful, but I don't know. You still feel, you're still feeling it. Yeah, like I've I've been trying to do, you know, and it's like I I do all of these things like, you know, I meditate and I do yoga and I exercise to prevent myself from being sad, you know, and I'm like, I don't know why it's not working. (laughs) No, sometimes I think and I told this to somebody else recently. I don't want this to burn the thing because I know it's not going to stand up straight because it's kind of crooked. Um, I told this to somebody else recently. I feel like sometimes the storm, the moment of sadness or that dip that you're having is for you to take the shelter and for you to just really get still in it because there's information there. You're like, you're not just sad for no reason. Like there's a reason that you feel heavy. And it's like, when people talk about being still and listening to the voice of God or however they refer creator source universe, whatever Mm. Um, it only happens whenever you sit down and be still. So sometimes I feel like we get knocked off so that we can just sit there and find out what we're being told to do. Yeah, for sure. And I think like, that's why I'm like, I haven't really sat in it because you know, I feel like I've worked so hard not to be sad, you know, and I guess I'm upset with myself that I'm sad too. Part of it is because mm-hmm. I'm just like, girl, you know, you've been doing so well. And like, I I guess I have to work on allowing myself to be sad, you know, if that makes yeah. sense. That makes but sense. But like, the thing is, is that like, you're on a journey of healing. It's not linear. Yeah. It's gonna go up and down. Because like you, you, maybe you, you hit one milestone, there's more things there that you have to work through. So every time there's something coming up for you, you then have to work through it. Like, and you just got to give yourself grace in it because it takes a long time even to become okay with recognizing that it's not linear and that you will also be sad again as you are working towards it. Because ultimately what you're trying to do at the end of the day is create a flow for yourself 
for whenever you do have those times, you know what to do. Okay, I need a self-hug. Okay, I need to big up myself. Okay, is this even warranted? Because sometimes you will get sad about stuff that you should have already let go of. So it's like if you find yourself in a space that you're like, damn, I already dealt with this, then did you really deal with it? Because, and this happened to me last week. That's why I'm even sharing this. Mm-hmm. I realized that like I recognized how depressed I was and how I wanted to live a different life, but then I never did it. So it was like I looked right directly at the thing and then was like, okay, I see you. Well, now what? Why are you still keeping it? Throw right. it away, you know? Yeah, yeah I, um, we'll get into the, the episode <laughs> because we okay. haven't, I haven't seen you in a while, I feel like. Yeah. Um, I should also mention that me and my mom started therapy, family therapy. Okay. So like, yeah, that's probably, I feel like that may be part of the reason why, you know, I'm feeling so like, cause our sessions have been like so heavy, you know, lately because we're bringing up old things and we're trying to work through this new, sorry this new um, chapter in like our grandparents, well, her parents' lives and my mm. grandparents' lives. And it's like- Let it's it out, girl. Let it out, girl. Come on, vulnerability. I love it. It's oh, just, I'm getting tingles. Don't you apologize for your feelings? I didn't realize how like heavy, like- that is because I feel like I've been doing so much like to work on myself so that I guess I can be the light for my family and like be the one to like really turn things around for my family and it's hard to see like them suffering because you know, and I don't want to blame them for not doing the work, you know, but that's what it is. Like, you know, because we didn't, because they didn't do certain things, it's like, you know, it's affecting me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't want to be angry with them. Like, and I have to work on forgiving them. And I didn't realize that I have to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. I, like, I'm not saying that I've ignored them, but, like, because there's just so much anger and, like, frustration, you know, with my family, like, I just take a step back. And, like, I've been taking a step back, and I know they probably see it as, like, me being neglectful or whatever, but it's like, part of me is hurt that, you know, I've had to deal with all of these things, like, as a child and as a teenager. Like, I didn't, like, while I was in it, I didn't think anything of it because I'm just like, oh, this is just how my family is. Like, mm-hmm. it is what it is. But it's like, no, as an adult, and like, it's affecting me a lot. And I didn't realize, like, how much it has affected me because, like, even when I bring up, you know, like my friends, um, you know, they'll talk about 
oh yeah, my mom said this or whatever, or my grandmother, she told me this. And you know, I always carry this with me and I'm like, I don't have that. I have uh, <laughs> trauma. Trauma and like being cursed out by my grandparents, you know, not well, my grandmother, I should say. Yeah. Not my grandfather. He never cursed me out. But um, like, I don't have those type of memories, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like happy memories of, you know, um, of things, important things my grandfather said to me or important things that I could I could live with. It's just like they did this and I don't want to do that pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where, you know, I'm at and I'm just like, yeah, I didn't realize like how heavy that was and um being in therapy um with my mother has been bringing up those different emotions and i guess i've been hiding them (laughs) or trying to hide them (laughs) but it's it's coming up a lot and i think it's because like i'm about to turn 30 you know Mm -hmm. and it's it's like, I, I really want to do things differently. And I know people be like, oh, well, you're doing it. And I'm just like, it don't always feel that way, you know? It don't always feel like I'm doing things differently all the time. Well, because maybe you're not yet, but that's okay. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you'll get there. Like, I grew up in a house like that where there was a lot of getting cussed out. And naturally, when I became a parent, what was I going to do? the same shit that I saw because for me it wasn't ever a problem until I was like man that was kind of abusive yeah and then I I mean I was already a mom at that point Mm -hmm. so like I had to do a lot of work to forgive myself for participating in that same uh generational abuse that was coming out of my grandparents house to my dad who brought it to me and then I brought it to my kids and so like I mean, it's just like, it's a process. Like, it wasn't the first day that I stopped trying to be a mean mom that I was a nice mom. Yeah. Like, it took time and consistent effort. So, like, the fact that you keep showing up to do it, though, is the thing. The thing is, it's like you noticing it and recognizing it. It's like, hey, I'm. this is something I'm still working on. This is something I'm still working on. You know, like, just give yourself grace in it. But also, I recognize, too, that, like, my grandpa... And my dad, like, both had a lot of trauma they were carrying and didn't know or probably considered the first thing to go and start healing. So, I mean, I respect them for where they were. Like, no, it didn't feel good. And it has been hard to uncover and and, uh, reformulate that part of the DNA. Yeah. But I know they did what they could. You know, like, right. I guess that's part of the forgiveness. It's just like, I know that you probably wouldn't have been an a-hole if you had really known better or what it was doing to future generations to be like that, you know? Right. Yeah. I'm just like, it's, it's yeah, it's the forgiveness. <laughs> it's literally the forgiveness. Like, it's, it's challenging. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say is like. It is challenging. And it's like, I think part of me is like, 
you know, I want to know what they were going through, but I don't think I will ever know, you know, and I think that's something I, I got to work on letting go to is like, my grandfather, he's never going to be honest about his feelings. <laughs> like, that's just who he is, you know, like, we're, we're like, you know, like I said on this podcast, when, when I had you and Tori on. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And I said, you know, when I called my grandparents, when I first moved here, and I was like, oh, I miss y'all. And they just was like, and I was like, okay, like, I'm, you know, I'm trying to do something different here, you know, and like, let y'all know, hey, I love y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? So it's, it's, I don't have children yet, but it's like, it's a lot. It's a well, lot. I know it's hard for you right now, but like, if you can think of the good that you're doing for your future kids in doing it, you yeah. know, because what you're doing whenever you operate in forgiveness is creating space for more love, you right. know, because yeah. I always look at it like if I was a container and like a ball of water and I'm holding everything that I have, um, mostly bitterness or toxicity or victimhood or anger from my experience, then I can't draw in love because I'm already full of the poison. So I have to let some things go and operate in forgiveness so that I can create that space. And like, it's not about you not like acknowledging that they did the thing to you because they did it, you right. know, but you're forgiving so that you can move on from it. Cause the longer you hold on to the thing, is the longer you stay put in the same exact spot as where it happened. So like a lot of people, like men that you will meet, you'll notice that like they're not, they don't seem grown or evolved. Well, it's because whatever trauma they're holding happened to them when they were 15 years old. So they still really 15, you know? Yeah, a lot of them are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Pissing me the hell off. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you. You're welcome, girl. Um, I really do. You've been a, a huge light in my life, for real. I appreciate that. So that's what I came to do. <laughs> All right, so let's actually get started. Cool. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll share the first half of this episode. Yeah, I think you will. Whenever you get over it, you'll be like, "Boom! Here go to drop on how vulnerable we were." Right. And we shared all this. So, yes. Yeah, of course. <laughs> all right. So, um, welcome back. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Facts of Life. I am your host, Kia, and these are the facts of my life. Thank you all for listening to the podcast, um, subscribing, um, and yeah, just tuning in. I really appreciate you. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast. If you feel like it's not for you, share it with somebody that you feel like it may be for. Um, leave a review. And um, this podcast is available to be streamed on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Google Podcasts, and full visuals of the podcast will be up on YouTube. And I am returning with my guest co-host i guess you're my co-host now <laughs> i'll be here sometimes yeah you'll be here sometimes <laughs> i'll be here sometimes um, i am Miss creative af or sheba or michelle whatever you know me as 
Yes. <laughs> and um, let's give a happy, happy birthday to Sheba Michelle. Happy Earth Day. Happy. Thank New you. <laughs> Thank you. I was feeling it too. I really did feel like I was being reborn last week. So it was beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. I'm so happy that. You know, you inspired me to keep creating. When when I saw that song, I was like, "Yes, you better go ahead and live and live your best life." Seriously, you better do whatever you want. The, whatever you want to do, you better do that. Shit. I mean, you kind of have to. Like, I just yeah. I set a goal for myself last year. You know, because I still coach myself too um, to write some songs. Um, I didn't then, know that you um. We're into writing music. Girl, I have all the secrets over here, honey. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but one of my clients came to me uh, one day. We were talking, you know, just sharing about her brand and whatnot. She was like, I feel like you got some songs in you. And she never knew I sang or anything at that point. So I was like, that must be the spirit talking. So I was like, well, you know what? You're right. I am supposed to be writing some music this year. So I am going to get to it. And that was the second song I wrote. So I have another one and then I have one I'm working on right now. I think it's going to be like a, a black revolutionary tune, but it's kind of, kind of jazzy and kind of funky. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I was like, you I love when artists tell a story and mm -hmm. like, that's my favorite type of, and I know not if people are like, well, all mus musicians and not all musicians tell stories. So like, that's not mm -hmm. true. But I right. love when people are detailed in their music and they tell a story. Like, that is my jam. So, I Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And I feel like it's important to do that, too, because, like, I know, like, even though it's a, a short song, it's almost like watching a movie. So, let's yeah. make sure we have a start, a middle, and an end, you know, so that mm -hmm. it can be complete. So that right. when people listen to it, they can just go on the journey, too, like, instead right. of... Oh, here go some words, right. like make it make sense. Yeah. And also I think there's so much power in music that when you are being intentional like that, like that was a cord cutting ritual for me. Mm. All the guys that I had ever been with that had abused me, had played games, had been playing in my face, had, um, you know, just misused me. I wrote my feelings into those lyrics. And I mean, it was a little bit basic, but it meant a lot to me. Yeah. So I bought the beat from my boy, so I'm gonna take it and record on it in the studio so I can put it all together. Yeah. You told them seriously. <laughs> and that's on period, okay? You missing the fuck out. And that's Okay. <laughs> and you ain't gonna get none either. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you later. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because it's the time. Like yeah. I know I was in that space where I was like, Well, I just want somebody so much that like I will give myself to anybody who shows up and that ain't the way to do it. Like right. I must be responsible with myself. I must value myself. I must not just give myself to anybody. And that's why I use the line, ain't no more pearls before swine, because that's the truest thing you could do is just like keep giving gold to people who don't respect it. Like not even mm -hmm. finna keep doing it. So yes, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate you putting on for the sisters that. Okay. That a reminder. And we, we do. Yeah, seriously, we do. Mm -hmm. We really need that reminder. So, how else are you living your best life besides about you about to put out a mixtape on us? Okay. 
Um, well, so I spoke a little bit before we started about how I had kind of realized that I was like clinging to some of my um, actions and activities that I participated in when I was really depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, so I decided to, uh, really let that shit go and be the mother I was before I became depressed. So like when I had my daughter, I hit postpartum depression really, really hard. And then there was all these, like, she was, she was a lot because I mean, she's special needs. So like that started very early. Of course Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize or realize what it was, but like she needed so much from me. I mean, I was like so drained. I had no time to care for myself. Didn't know how to climb out of it. And so Mm -hmm. when I started climbing out of it, because I really needed to fix my life, Mm -hmm. I didn't even realize that like, I was just not being present where I needed to be for her. Mm-hmm. So I'm making that my intention to just make sure that I'm just like a super good mom in that area. Like, and when I say that, I'm not talking about like b- buying her things or little crap like that. I'm talking about discipline, boundaries, learning, respect, understanding, you know, what's right and wrong because she's so free. She lives kind of like a wild animal and she likes that. And I'm like, that's fine, but these people will take you away from me. Right. You know what I'm saying? They will take you and have you to go live with somebody else. So for me, if you want to be with me and we want to stay together, then we got to do right. Yeah. You know? Have some structure. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's hard for me, too, as a creative to, like, be structured and organized and, like, you know, make sure I'm on my shit. But, like, it's important. And the number one thing about it is, like, I also have to be my own mom here. I'm mm-hmm. the mom of the whole house myself and the kids. So that's how I'm living my best life right now. Yeah. Well, you're doing amazing. One of the things I feel like when we first started recording, um, you mentioned that, um, you know, you wanted to, to make changes in your life so that you could be a better parent. So I definitely commend you for doing that because a lot of people don't do that, you know, and, it 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 hurts your children at the end of the day. So I definitely commend you for wanting to do the work and being willing to do the work and making the changes. And on top of that, you know, you're helping other people in the midst of that. So like that's that's awesome. So you're a great mom. Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't always feel like it, but I think that's a mom thing. Like none of us feel like a great mom, but like I was telling somebody last night and just like I was kind of mentioning earlier, like you do the best you can from where you're at. And I know people like to be like, fuck that. You still need to, you know, do right. But like, sometimes you really can't, you know, like if you've been depressed before, like really depressed, like you get it. Like, so imagine a depressed person trying to parent other humans and give them what they really need to be successful. It's not going to go. So, you know. Of course. But, you know, you're doing it and it's going to be great. And I love that. I also love that, you know, how you describe your daughter and her personality is similar to yours. Oh, yeah. We rock together. Like, I mean, we have a lot of fun singing and dancing, but like somebody has to be the mom. Right. You know what I'm saying? And like legit be the mom. Cause like she don't listen to that. I say last night I went into the laundry room and I heard her, uh, I said something about like, pick up your bowl or whatever from eating. And I was in the laundry room and I heard first of all, and I'm like, I know she didn't just say first of all. So I walked back in there and I was like, what'd you say? And she was like, 
And I said, exactly. Because I thought somebody who can't procure or prepare their own food said something. <laughs> like, you yeah. can't yeah. live without me, baby. So you better yeah. get it right. And I also just decided, like, I'm not doing no tripping because I'm the mom. So I got to hold, I got to hold, hold my level. Not like right. punch. Like, I'm just mean like tight. I got to be tight. Yeah. Because them kids be trying it. Like, mm-hmm. if you're not solid and you're like, this is my rule, you're going against the boundary. I said no. Then you will explode and you'll be somewhere crying, going, oh, I went off on my kids. I feel bad. Like, so just keep it cute. You're the boss. Mm-hmm. You are the boss. Like, them kids are not the boss. They can't do their whole life without you. So right. you are the one that has the power. Like right. no shade, but I got the power. I got the coins. Mm-hmm. I got the knowledge. I got the strategy. I know what we're doing. Ain't no way y'all finna run me. I know that's right. <laughs> Ain't no way. <laughs> Laying down the law. I hear that. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said that. While you were saying that, that made me think. Like my friend was over here. I should say my sister. Uh, was over here the other day with her family and she has uh, three children under the age of five. And it was a lot of noise. I love Mm -hmm. them so much, but it was a lot of noise over (laughs) here. And the oldest, um, they, you know, they're vegan. And so they had brought some fruit and stuff over here. And so uh, my my oldest nephew says to me, he said, they're, they're about to leave the house. He said, Auntie Zizi, um, he said, don't eat, don't eat the strawberries. You can't eat all the strawberries. And I was like, excuse me? Like, this is my house. <laughs> you know, I wanted to say that so bad, but I'm like, I'm not equipped. I'm not there yet. So I commend y'all. And then when he came back to the house, he said, Auntie Zizi, did you eat all the strawberries? I said, no, I did not. And then he looked in the fridge like to check to see if I ate, to make sure I didn't eat all the strawberries. I said, excuse me. You know, like, um, I'm the adult here, but like, I haven't reached that point to have those type of conversations with children yet. So I'll be like, I gotta learn how to be patient. I ain't a parent yeah. Like I'm getting a little taste of the medicine. I'm like, y'all, I commend all of y'all, all the moms, all the parents, all the dads, because I know y'all gotta have a different level of patience for. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> and that's what I mean, because they will. And the thing is, is that we don't set it up right from the beginning. Because we're looking at them and like, oh, my God, my baby, I love my baby. My baby's so cute. My baby's so cute. Oh, my baby's crying. Let me run over there and make sure it's okay. And you should. But right. what the child learns in that moment is this motherfucker do whatever I say. Yep. And then as soon as they start talking, you be doing whatever they say. And then you try to flex on them and they start crying or they start doing something. And it's like, okay, well, let me step back. Like, right. keep flex- keep flexing. Yeah. Like make them make them uncomfortable. Like somebody taught me this, to yeah. be honest. And I okay. didn't even really get it until now mm-hmm. or like recently. And I was like, this is the point. And it's not about being mean. It's just about you being the parent. Like right. I am in charge of the square until yeah. you can make more money than me 
you can provide me with meals, drive me around and help me with my homework, I'm going to continue to be the boss. So, but we're always like, I don't want to be mean to my kids and I don't want to be abusive or controlling. But then we get to the point where we don't have any boundaries, rules or respect. We start hollering at them and then resenting them and feeling like shit because we went off on them. That is the abuse. The abuse is not in setting the boundary because the boundary keeps everybody safe. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. That's why I'm not a girl. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm just glad I figured it out because like I didn't come from a house where it was like that. Right. No, we really didn't act up or or buck up or anything too much. I mean, I always was mouthy because can't help it. All that yeah. Gemini energy, you know. Yeah. Um, but like my mama didn't have no boundaries. Still yeah. don't. You know, mm-hmm. my dad was like, my dad did, but his boundaries were so extreme. It was like you never, it was all, almost like eggshells. Like, how's mm-hmm. he feeling today? Like I would only be able to tell because he would have this wrinkle on his forehead whenever he would get upset. And I would be like, are we this where we are today? Let me just go upstairs because yeah. <laughs> but when I started looking at myself really closely and my own emotional state and my own mental health, it was when I realized, okay, my dad probably had some of the same issues that I'm dealing with and didn't know how to process them. Because when mm-hmm. I found out my dad was an astrologer, I was like, okay, so he must've been really sensitive too. And was, mm-hmm. you know, catching them downloads and feeling emotional and, and didn't really understand how to process all of that. So like that was when I started giving him grace and me grace too. But yeah. I'm doing something different in my house because I, I just ain't doing no tripping. I'm not doing it. Yeah, I get it. I love it. I definitely appreciate you sharing um, your your parenting style with us. Seriously. I mean, that's <laughs> what it's about. Somebody needs to hear it. Somebody needs to hear it. Yeah. And I think that's what it's about. It's like, if I had shame for, for that, then I wouldn't be able to help anybody. Right. You know, but like we have the experiences we have so that we can help people, but it's when we keep holding on to it when we're not able to help because we're still in the midst of it instead of just letting it go and saying, well, that happened to me so that I could be a teacher somewhere. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's get into how I'm living my best life. I I'm wanna, sorry, I was rambling. No, girl, it's okay. We haven't talked in a while, so it's like we catching up right now. So whatever, it's whatever. Um, but I'm so glad. I want to go back to what you were saying earlier about your song, about how mm. you really ain't never getting none of this again. I need to incorporate that in my living my best life because I had some real epiphanies since I feel like the last time we talked um with the with the men's in the the dating department and like I want to say this niggas caught me slipping okay so what okay y'all caught me slipping this this past spring (laughs) I ain't gonna lie y'all had me in the first half but it's over with now, you know, like I'm not double back. I'm not double, I'm not double backing on anything I, I'm saying, you know, like I think I was excited because I was feeling myself, you know, like I was feeling good. So, you know, I got caught slipping with, <laughs> with this one guy. And like, I'm saying that because I'm like, you know, I can't be mad at anybody but myself because 
I wanted to satisfy my my desires. And I'm saying, okay, I should be more transparent, I guess, and be clear so y'all can really understand what I'm saying. I was abstaining from sex. Mm. And so, you know, I met this guy and it wasn't even no deep, nothing deep was happening. It was just like, whatever, I was feeling good, whatever, and it is what it is. And then he just did some bullshit. Like he was just some some dusty. He ended up being some dusty ass nigga, pretty much. Like, and I'm like, this is exactly why I should have just kept on the path to abstaining because y'all don't deserve, and not even only deserve to have sex with me, but like deserve to even speak to me a lot of times, like. <laughs> What like, you even doing over here? <laughs> like, you don't even deserve to speak to me. Period. You don't deserve that from me because, like, you are not even, um, like, I'm learning with the dating that, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I have things I have to work on, like we talked about <laughs> prior to really getting into the episode. But, um... I feel like I've done a lot of work on myself and I've done a lot of self-reflecting and um, I've done a lot of therapy and I've gotten a lot of tools from therapy so that I can be a better friend, you know, pretty much a better friend. Cause like, that's what I want to be is a better friend, not only to, you know, my friends, but to my family, you know what I mean? To a potential partner. Um, so when I feel like I've done all of this work and like I, and maybe, you know, it's what I have to go through to, to meet Prince Charming, but I keep meeting these guys that don't have any type of emotional intelligence mm -hmm. or self-awareness. And it's like, and these are grown ass men over the age of 30. Yeah. They don't know how to communicate. They're 15. Yeah. Like you said earlier, <laughs> like you said earlier, like they are very much 15 years old. Like the guy that I'm referring to, we talked on the phone over the weekend. Right. Cause I, I was like, I wanted to get some clarity on the direction of where we were going going to right okay and like i don't like to have these type of conversations through text message mm -hmm. i don't i that's me i've learned my lesson with texting guys when you want to have when you have something important to say okay because they only gonna read the last line exactly so i don't even and i don't and this is free game for the women that sit still sending paragraphs stop texting in paragraphs they don't care about the paragraphs you pick up the phone and you call them and you don't, and, and I've gotten to the point, I don't even tell niggas what I'm calling them about. I just call. <laughs> uh, the sneak I, attack. You said what? The sneak attack. It's the best, It's it's been working for me. Or I, at least I thought it's been working for me. Like, I don't even tell them anymore. I just be like, I just call them like, everything is good. Like, oh, well, I have something to talk about. And we gonna have this conversation, period. And it's like, Maybe it's ambushing, but I don't feel like it's ambushing because it's like we're adults and we should be able to have um, serious conversations without it being um, 
this this thing. You know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. just how I feel. But so anyway, when I called him to have this conversation, he reminded me of my younger brother, and I was like, <laughs> Why did I even? Huh? You're like, why did I even? This why person? did I even? After that conversation, I was like, why did I even um, interact with this man? And like, I kind of figured, and like, when I first met him, I kind of saw the, I kind of saw it, but I ignored it. You know, I know, I, I ignored it. Because mm-hmm. I was like, maybe, you know, he got a good job. You know what I mean? He has a really important job. Girl. And you know, maybe maybe the main ones. Terrible. I was like, <laughs> I was like, when we was on the phone, I was like, I feel like I'm talking to Jordan, who is my younger brother. Like, I'm like, this is not real. And this man is older than me, you know, too. And so after that, I just blocked him because it's it's nothing else for us to talk about at this point. Okay. Um so yeah, I had that realization epiphany over the weekend that a lot of y'all don't deserve to speak to me. Um, men and women. <laughs> Listen, both of you bitches. Yeah, exactly. A lot of y'all don't deserve to speak to me and how I'm living my best, how else I'm living my best life is like, you know, I'm just doing my best to to work through the motions and to um, be consistent. Like that is something that I think I want to really work on um, this next decade of my life is my consistency Um, and realizing that I have to do better with my consistency in life. You know, not even creative work, but just, you know, the- Showing up for yourself. Yeah, showing up for myself and the self healing, and um, and also from the uh, last episode where I have Raven on, we talked about like you know being able to ask for help, mm-hmm. and I've been a- I've been doing that lately, and like I'm I'm grateful that I've been able to verbalize what I need, um, and it's been helpful with my relationships. Um, because sometimes, like, I was feeling like in the past, I would feel like, Dag, well, it, it, I feel like I'm being needy, you know? But it's like, no, we're friends and we want to continue this relationship. There are certain things I need from you and certain things I need for you not to do sometimes, you know? And I think I used to feel bad about it, too, because, like, I'm trying to think, and, and I don't know, not everybody says can verbalize what they need from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to feel like, well, damn, like they not saying it, so I shouldn't say it type of shit. And it's like, nope, say it. You better say it and you better keep yeah. saying it, <laughs> you know, like if they forget. And mm-hmm. um, and I think like this, this girl that I had been friends with for, I guess over 10 years, um, we recently stopped being friends during the pandemic. And, um, you know, it was, it was a lot of different, and, and I know this probably sounds terrible in retrospect, but it's like, I'm really, I think I, I didn't say anything for so long that when I saw the, the shift happening in our relationship, that's when I spoke up, but it wasn't, 
I guess it wasn't the right timing, whatever. I don't know. She just had a baby. So um, she felt like it wasn't the right time. And like. Because she didn't want to deal with it. Because she didn't want to deal with it. Because she's not ready to deal with it. And which is fine. She should have just said, girl, I'm not ready to, to process this. Right. Yeah. And so when I told her what I needed from her, you know, it was like. She pretty much went ghost on me. <laughs> like, and it was just like, okay, well, you know, why should I say anything to anybody? You know? Like yeah. that's how it made me feel. And I felt like, you know, we was we was good enough friends for I thought we were good enough friends to like work through that. But it is what it is. But mm-hmm. yeah. Um, episode 90 of the podcast had me really thinking about like how important it is to speak up for what you need from people and Mm -hmm. don't feel bad about it. And no matter what the outcome is, it is what it is at the end of the day. Like at least you said what you needed um, from whoever it is that you needed it from. Mm -hmm. And remember too, because you're on the journey of, of, and I kind of came up with this thing the other day, like, like a rainbow bridge, like the rainbow, like, because it's not linear, you going up, boom, down. But you're going to lose people. Mm-hmm. Some people can't can vibe with you when you start to vibe differently. And right. you start to recognize and realize that you were making choices for who you want to spend your time with from an unhealed place. Right. You know, so, yeah. I mean, it's all love, but like we're friends for the time that we're supposed to be friends. Right. And if it's meant for you guys to come back together after she's done some work on herself, then you will. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I'm I'm open to it, but I'm I'm also okay with moving on with my life too. <laughs> At first I wasn't, but now I'm just like whatever. It is, yeah. it is. I mean, you're becoming a whole different person. Like it may not feel like it now, but like ultimately, like once you hit the end of it, you're like, I'm not even that person anymore. Yeah. And, you know, That's so it's how like I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Like as I'm moving in, well, as I'm about to turn 30, like, I feel like I'm not the same person who I was before. Like, this is literally a whole new chapter, a whole new, I have a whole 10 years of a decade. Well, that is a decade, mm. 10 years. <laughs> 10 years of a decade. 10 years of a decade. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I have a whole 10 years for like just a whole new life you know like that that is crazy to me like you have a whole 10 years of a whole new life and like all the things that I used to do and how I used to feel and the things that I used to say like you know it's just no longer it's it's Mm -hmm. over with now so it's like and I think like that's why I've been feeling so part part of the reason why I've been feeling so heavy <laughs> too because I'm just like you know I can't keep holding on to to certain things that happened you know when I was a teenager or when I was a child and like I guess I suppressed it for so long that I'm like yeah because I'm moving into the decade of possibly having children um and possibly getting married I want to be a mom you know and I want to I want to be married so it's like I know that there's still more work to do in order for me to align with that energy of 
um, or manifesting those things. Um, so it's like I have I have work to do that I can't hold on to anymore. Because um, I don't want no dusty uh, baby daddy. Right. And that's what you'll draw to you if you're holding on to that shit. Exactly. I, I know. From <laughs> experience. Because I've done it two times. Not just one. But I, I think you. a lot of people... Um, their trauma is just part of their identity. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not easy to let that go because it's part of you. Yeah, You know, you're like, well, who am I if I'm not the abused girl? Right. You know? Yeah. And that's so. something that I'm like coming to, to really, that's coming to fruition for me. It's like, you know, I had, I didn't realize all of the trauma that I went through as a child and like now that it's coming up um, more often, especially as I walk into this new chapter, it's like I can't hold on to this because I know that it's blocking me from from getting certain things and mm-hmm. having certain things or just being like ascending higher, you right. know? Yeah. So, yeah. It's like making a real choice. Like, do I want to keep? this that I've always had and been holding on to or do I want what's new right you know and it's right. not easy like like so like everybody listeners you me give ourselves grace because mm-hmm. it's not easy like the yeah. unknown is like <gasps> but what if but it's like freeing it's so freeing to like walk into the future right for sure for sure. We walking into it. And speaking of that, I want to get into the facts about turning 30. Okay. Um, and I guess what it means to turn 30, because I remember before I even got to this point, and I didn't think it would come this fast, turning 30 either. <laughs> but before it got here, like I used to think that 30 was old. Mm-hmm. I really did, because, like, you know, when you younger, you 18, you like, you 30? You old as hell, you know? Like, and you, and we see this all the time, but I, I thought that I had to have, my life had to look a certain way, too. And I think, um, you know, I wanted to, of course, I want to be married, and I want to have children and stuff, and, you know, I didn't feel this pressure. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't feel this pressure until I moved down to Houston because I don't, it's not like a thing back home in Connecticut where it's like, you know, you have to get married young. And like that is, it seems like a thing down here that people get married young, you know? Um, Yeah, it's like an achievement. Like, okay, we got booed up and we got hitched. Yeah, like straight out of high school, some people are Uh getting married in in the South, not just Houston, but I think it's a Southern thing. And like family is important to y'all down here. And like we're we're family oriented back home, but it's like y'all are like really family oriented. You know, it's funny, though, because like I see that behavior mostly with white women. What, getting married young? Mm -hmm, Getting married straight away i mean and maybe just because i'm 37 so most of the people that i went to high school with i didn't see the i'm I'm, there was only a handful of them anyway black Mm -hmm. women but i saw the white women do mostly 
But really? they also got divorced and working on a husband number two now. Right. Enjoyed them. That makes sense. Well, I, I met a couple of, you know, melanated women that mm -hmm. have gotten married young at like, well, I should say straight out of high school, but 21, like the 21 to 25 age yeah. range. Mm -hmm. Ooh, excuse me. And so I'm like, that's really young. Like, I don't know, like, the girl that I was um, that I was talking about earlier, like she was the first person in our friend group to have a baby, you know, like, and that was, she was like, what, 29, 30. And mm. you know what I mean? So it's like, it's not really a common, I, I didn't grow up seeing that a lot. I saw teen, teen moms in high school, but mm -hmm. I didn't really see people really getting married, you know? Yeah. Or, having children and I remember when I was working at the tax office um one of the guys there that a co-worker a colleague whatever he was like oh they they used to think like I was an alien that you know I, I wasn't married and like most of the girls in my office like the young girls they were all married or had children mm. like I was one of the handful of young women in my office that was unmarried with children like it was crazy i was like shocked but he was like yo when are you, like when are you getting married when are you having children i'm like i don't know like what the hell like and i didn't because like my mom we don't have these type of conversations mm -hmm. like because one i'm not dating anybody seriously so why the hell would you even bring up me having children if i'm not yeah. I don't even like anybody, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like my mother never put the pressure on me to have children or get married. So it's like coming down here, I felt, and when I started working at that job, I was like, well, maybe I should be, or, you know, like mm -hmm. I started feeling that pressure and I'm like, I don't know. But the moral of the story is like, when you turn 30, I feel like you could just be, I feel, I feel free, but at the same time, like, I feel like, you know, this is the time to really get serious, I guess. <laughs> Not yeah. saying it wasn't before, but how did I mean, you feel when you turned 30? Uh, when I turned 30, let's see, I was living with my mom and stepdad, I think. Was I? Yeah, because I'm 37 now, so... Um, I was, oh, I was about to, I want to see, where was I? Um, I had just had Michaela. Mm -hmm. So I was living in this apartment. Oh my God. I'm not going to say who it was, but just listen to the song. And I was experiencing some things. Mm -hmm. I was trying to find a dad for my son and, and my daughter. Mm -hmm. And I was obsessively trying to date people, um, to procure a husband. But the thing about it is, like, I was so desperate for it. Like, mm -hmm. niggas can smell desperation. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. And and then it was, like, who I was trying to make be with me. Like, these people are not, still not ready for no relationship. Seven right. years later. So it's, like, when I was 30, I was in that same place, I think. But I think my I gotta have it, gotta have it came from already having the kids and really wanting to show them what a family was like. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, it, it has been an interesting seven years because like, it's been like an up and down 
up and down. Like I, then I, after that, I moved in again with my uh, mom and stepdad and I felt so like trash. Cause I was like, I don't have my life together. You know, I got two kids. Um, here I am again, back over here. Got this fucking guy that's bullshitting me around. And I was not happy. Yeah. I really wasn't like, I didn't even get to the point where I was okay until like after the pandemic where I was like, really like I'm happy and yeah. I'm in, I'm enjoying my life because I was worried about all those material things like getting a husband, having the right house, having the right job, having the right car. Oh, I'm not as good as the other girls because they have this and they don't have kids and other people want to date them because they don't, they don't have kids and, and, and they've got uh, more money than me and they, girl, fuck all of that shit. Cause none of that stuff even matters. And the yeah. thing is, is that like, once you get to the point where you really feel good, all of that stuff will come to you anyway. So it's the desperation that keeps it farther from you. So even including like a husband or a partner, like, cause when women come to me, they're like, well, how can I manifest a man? Well, first of all, what you need to do is stop wanting one. Mm-hmm. And also be your own man until he shows up because we have an empty space. So we're like, I'm lacking. I don't have this. I don't have that. So if you do it for yourself, then you stop lacking and you feel better because it's that I wish I had, I wish I had it. That keeps you from being desperate. Right. And that keeps you desperate and keeps it from you. Right. I'm glad that you said that um, because like, I don't 100% feel feel that way, but I have moments where I feel that way. Like, mm-hmm. um, you know, I thought that I had to have, you know, a house and a husband and have children and have this job and be making this certain amount of money. And sometimes I still feel that way when it comes to money because, you know, um, a lot of my friends, they... And I guess I'm comparing, but mm-hmm. like a lot of them knew what they wanted to do out of undergrad, you know? So it was like, they just took off and they just, you know, they got in their careers or they got their master's degrees or whatever. And everybody's making more money than me. You know what I mean? So yeah. I've always like felt, felt that, um, you know, um, I guess that burden when it came to like the whole finances thing, I still kind of feel it. I'm working through it, but like, I, excuse me. Sometimes I feel like, damn, like, you know, well, when am I going to get married? And it's like, it's challenging because it's like, we're at that age now where it's like, pretty much people are getting engaged and married and having children, you know, like once you hit the 30 and up, club it's like that's what it is so it is challenging to like not always feel that way and Mm -hmm. me and my friend were having this conversation over the weekend I'm glad you brought up the whole desperation thing because I started watching uh (laughs) I started I I started re-watching girlfriends again Mm -hmm. um and I'm looking at it from a different perspective like watching it for the third time um because you know Joan, the main character, she was so desperate to be in a, in a relationship, 
So she was fucking with all these fuck niggas pretty much up until she got engaged to this guy. Mm-hmm. And um, and I was just like, I don't want to do that. You know, like, I don't want to be in a space of desperation where it's like, I'm just willing to do anything. I'm willing to settle. I'm willing to just say, okay, well, yeah, we could do that because, like, I just want to be with somebody, you know, because it's hard as a woman, you know, to to be sleeping by yourself all the time. Like, I, mm-hmm. I guess I'm kind of used to it, so I don't really make too much of a fuss about it. But it does get to the point where it's like, I don't want to be by myself, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's hard. That's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. And, like, um, I was talking to my friend, and I was telling her, like, because me and my therapist, before I had gotten to this whole thing with my job, I had I wanted to, you know start talk, talking through dating with my therapist. And one of the things that she said to me was like, I, the reason why you get so frustrated with dating is because um, you're looking for somebody to save you. Mm, let her know. <laughs> and I was like, you are right because I'm tired of doing everything by myself. Like, you know, like, I work, I pay all of my bills by myself. I bring up this five gallon uh, jug of water by myself. You know, I cook by myself, I clean by myself. I make plans to do things for myself, by myself. Like nobody does these things for me. So it's like, yeah, I want a nigga to come in and save the damn day. Cause I'm tired of doing it for myself. So, it's definitely um it's definitely a challenge to like get out of that mindset sometimes because yeah. you know it's like you have no other choice but to do it yourself. Right. And I'll tell you, I mean my man's not here yet, but I did write it down. So I'll ask you first, did you write it down what you want? I wrote specific. down a list um a couple years ago when I had just got what out of this relationship. Um Oh yeah, you're right. I do. I do. I mean, we have a new moon on tomorrow and this is a perfect time to be really asking for what you want in the material, but also doing the work that will help it come. So here's what I'll say about the list. Mm -hmm. After I wrote out this long diatribe of what I wanted in the, in the person that I wanted to manifest, I also have to check the list to make sure that I was doing the things for myself that I was asking for because it puts you in the energy of being able to receive it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. I know it's not easy for you to carry the water or to do all these other things, but if you can do it with joy and keep yourself at the right vibration, then it was more likely that you will meet somebody who will be like, I carry the water. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, it's just, It's about being patient and finding gratitude in the waiting because we do have to do a lot of waiting, but it's okay because we're really still not alone. Like, like we always feel so lonely, but you always have somebody you can talk to. And I hate to sound biblical or preachy, but your creator, your spirit team, whether or not you uh, practice some religion that has multiple deities is right there for you to be like, man, I need support. Boom, you get the support. I don't know if I told you about the time that 
I think maybe this was last month, new moon, but I was writing and I was asking my dad or uh, my spirit team, who are my ancestors for a message for direction because I needed it. So one of my records, I had them sitting in front of that, uh, which is my dad's little uh, chest too. But one of my records fell over and that never happens because I keep them there all the time. It, it just boom tipped mm -hmm. over. So I went to go get him or get it. And I put it on and it was, um, gosh, I can't remember the name of the guy, but anyway, the name of the song is everything must change. Mm -hmm. And I just cried because I was like, Oh my God, like I needed this word right now, yeah. but that's how it works. So like people are not using the support that is available to them. Like you may not have a physical husband, but in spirit, you always have somebody who can wrap their arms around you, you know, right. and we should be able to lean on that and feel comfort in that because really these physical husbands are a lot of time more trouble than they're worth. And we know this because our friends complain about their husbands, yet we still want one. Sometimes I have to ask myself, damn, why do I want this? L listening to people complain about it. But I was very specific in what I asked for. And I'm also putting myself in a position to be able to receive that and to be the type of wife that a husband of that magnitude would appreciate and need, you know? Right. I love that's a good point. I'm glad that you said that. Um, Cause like when I did write down the list, I did say to myself, cause my therapist told me to write it down. Mm -hmm. And I did say it's like, as I was going over the list with her, I was saying like, I wrote down things that I knew that I could give. And then I wrote down some things that I knew I needed to work on that mm -hmm. I wanted this person to have as well. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of women, um, you know, we always talk about what we want and we have to be okay with giving that um i will say that if you're listening and you want to write down a list like you have to be willing to to also give whatever it is that you're asking for because it's just not fair you know like it's not even a partnership at that point if you right. can't give whatever it is that you're asking for mm -hmm. um so i definitely received that i'm gonna rewrite that list because the frogs I've been kissing, child, have been pissing me off. And my friends, I've, I've been telling my friends about my day in life. They'd be like, well, are you having fun? And I'm like, I'm trying. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's not that I'm not trying. It's like, I'm, anytime I meet a guy, he wants to go out. Like, I have an open mind and an open heart. I'm probably being a little judgy because I'm observing them. Because it's like, if I don't like you, I'm not going to continue to keep going out with you. If if it's something that, um, if it's a red flag, because I, now I have boundaries and now I can speak up for myself and say, hey, like, like one guy was going out way back in the winter time. He was on his phone while we was out. And I was like, why do you keep picking up your phone? Do you see me on my phone? You know what I mean? Like, and they keep, and my friends keep asking, well, are you having fun? It's like, yeah, I'm trying, but these niggas be doing dumb shit. Like, what the fuck? It's not, not saying like, it's it's not me, but it's like, you know, if you on your phone while we out on a date, then what the hell? How am I supposed to have fun? And you keep looking at your phone. You trying to say I'm boring? Cause I know I ain't boring. 
You know what I mean? Girl, I would have just got on my phone and been like, scroll, flip. Since this is what we're doing, let me show you. Because that's like, not to say I just am going to return the same energy that you give me, but like, you're setting the vibe. Obviously, we're not that into each other. So like, we might as well just like, you know, hang out and talk to our friends or whatever while we together. Since that's what we're doing. It's like, they are the ones that is setting the vibe. They are setting the energy. And so it's like, when you do that and I give you the same energy, like another guy, well, the same guy, I should say, like, um, one of the things he said to me, he was like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that you're comfortable or whatever. And I'm like, or he was like, oh, you shy or something. I'm like, I'm not shy. You know, like, you're shy. You know, and that's why you feel like I'm being shy because you're being shy. Like he and he wow. was an introvert. He was an introvert too. I should I should add that in. Hmm. He was an introvert and like I was the one that was holding the conversation. Like I'm asking the questions, you know, I'm following up, you know. I know how to have conversation, like I um, mean like in texts or something? No, when we're in person. When we were in person, like, I was the one that was asking all the the questions. He wasn't, he didn't, he didn't ask me, the only questions he asked me was the questions that I asked him. <laughs> like, he just repeated the questions back. It wasn't like he was coming up with his own questions to, like, really, truly get to know me. And then when he, mm. was, when he was like, oh, yeah, you shy. I'm like, I'm not shy. You're just crazy. And... See, I mean, I don't know. I'm having fun with it. I know a lot of other friends too who are like, oh, like, I think when you go into it and you're like, every time you go out with somebody and they're not the one, it's frustrating. But I'm like, I'm in the choosing position. So let me know, should I choose you? Tell me why. Like, I'm about to be a whole problem out here because I really see myself as this person who's in the choosing position. And I should. Because this is the rest of my life we're talking about. This is not five minutes. This is me and two kids. And do you vibe with us? So show me why I should choose you. And in the meantime, I'm just going to enjoy myself. And remember that, like, number one, I can date myself better than you can date me. So if you can't date me better than I date me, then what are we doing? Right. Exactly. I get that. I'm... I don't know. We'll 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 circle back to this digging topic, but I know. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about some lessons that I've learned in my twenties. Mm. Um, and I'll just I'll read off a few, and then I'll have you read um not read some, but anything if you want to like uh piggyback or any lessons that you've learned. Um. I should say in the last year since you just had a, a birthday. I know. I just turned 37. I don't even know if I remember anything I learned about because because I probably didn't learn shit in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's say from 30 to 37. Can okay. You, can you think of any? Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'll, I'll go first and then you can go. Um. So a lesson that I learned in my 20s is if you are going to work a nine to five, negotiate your salary. Um, I did not do that. Um, and nobody taught me how to do that when I graduated undergrad. Like I just took whatever money any job gave me because I needed a job. And that's what because my grandparents and my mother told me to do. You know what I mean? 
So um, if you are going to work, please negotiate your salary. And if you don't know how, um, what's the podcast that I was a part of this, um, this professional development core back in the fall. And um, that is one of the things that we talked about. And I didn't learn that until my 29th year of living. I'm trying to find the podcast. Damn it. My library. Okay. Um, it's called The Winning Season. Yes, The Winning Season. Um, and what is her name? I think her name is Jacqueline. So she was one of the speakers um, during the cohort that I was in. And she talked about negotiating your salary, but her podcast has a lot of different episodes on negotiating your salary um, when you get the job offer. So please, that is a resource for y'all. So please take advantage. It's free. <laughs> so um, if you if that's what you decide to do, please negotiate your salary. And, um, and negotiating your salary is like, you know, just showing whoever it is that you're worth, I guess you're worth this amount of money um, and showing your work and saying, hey, I did X, Y, and Z, and this is why I deserve this dollar amount, um, pretty much. Next thing I learned um, in my 20s is if you are at a nine to five, document everything that goes on at that nine to five. And that is where I fell short at my last job is that I did not document. Um, well, I, I, should, I should say the last few jobs, corporate jobs that I had that I didn't document um, a lot of what went on. And so it's like, it's, it's their word against yours. Mm -hmm. um, and they're always gonna do whatever it is that's best to protect themselves and they don't give a fuck about you. So, mm -hmm. Please document um, and don't document it on the work computer. Uh, keep a notebook or whatever journal and write that shit down. Um, and you may have to like maybe email to your personal email um, if you do write it on your your work computer. But please make sure that you're documenting um, what's going on because they will try you. <laughs> they will try you. Um, and then my next lesson is to forgive your family. Um, and it's something that I'm currently in the middle of learning about right now. But yes, forgive your family for all of the things that they've done and they've said. Um, and I know, and this is coming from somebody that has been affected by my family um, deeply. <laughs> Um, I love them, but it is what it is. Like I have been, they, they are my family. Like these are the people that raised me. So it's like, yeah, they're a huge part of my life. You know what I mean? But yeah, work on forgiving your family if you haven't, because not everybody's perfect. And you know, your parents and your grandparents, like we talked about earlier, they have things that they, they went through. And I was listening to, um, the Jay Shidey podcast, and it was the Big Sean episode. And he was talking about how his dad 
dealt with racism because he grew up in in Louisiana and like he had been holding on to that for years. And I don't know, you know, like what his relationship is like with his dad, but it's like, you just never know what your parents or your grandparents have experienced. And like, I didn't really have, well, with my grandparents, I should say, I don't have that opportunity to have those type of conversations with them. Um, but I know that they're hurting, you know? And so you can't hold it against them forever and I'm working on it, but um, yeah, just forgive your family so that it can open up your mind and your heart to, to the possibilities of living a fruitful life. So those are my first few, few lessons. Okay, I love that, hallelujah. Thank you. <laughs> so I am going to say um, people, who come into your life are for whatever experience. Um, we don't belong to each other. So <laughs> when we experience loss and begin the grieving process, uh, we need to also be grateful that we were given the opportunity to love that person. Mm. Um, you know, even if it's not forever, we were able to have the experience. Right. Um, also, uh, when people pass on, their energy remains and we can still connect with them. That's mm -hmm. something else that I learned that was really important because I had a, a really hard time grieving because my dad passed away when I was 16. Mm -hmm. And I had a really difficult time with that, processing that. I felt very victimized because most of the girls I grew up with did not have that experience mm -hmm. um also forgiveness is key because yeah. when you do that like you already said you create space to just really have um the a most amazing life and the last one that i will say is listen to your intuition and your internal guidance the voice of your creator however you refer because that is the voice of god inside of you giving you the direction and asking you to move with it not against it right i love that those are some great lessons um thank you especially like with this past year has been a lot of loss um mm -hmm. you know amongst the celebrity world um and in people's real lives as well it's been tough for for a lot of people so mm -hmm. I definitely get that grieving is not, um, it's not easy. Um, you know, I, my dad died when I was seven mm. and I grieved for pretty much up until I got to high school. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was a long time. So I definitely, you know, my heart is with anybody that is grieving. Um, cause it's not easy. I have a different idea of, of death now that I'm older. Um, so I don't feel the heaviness anymore from from the from the death of my dad. But um, yeah, my heart is with with whoever needs that right now because I know it's not easy. Absolutely, yeah. but I think if we all had a different idea of what happens to us when we die, mm -hmm. and realize that like 
even though they're not here physically, it's not the end, you know, like that energy is infinite. So it's like we can grieve their physical presence and then congratulate them for hitting a new level, mm-hmm. you know, like That's exactly what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Right. And you and and not everybody feels the same way same way about death, but like I feel like, you know, I'm gonna meet my dad again. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna see him one way or another, whether it's in, you know, the physical realm through, you know, somebody else or uh another physical, I should say another physical person, or, you know, in the next life. Like I already know that we're gonna meet again. And like mm-hmm. I already I feel his presence. So it's like we good, you know. Mm-hmm. Me and my dad, we we be rocking and rolling. <laughs> Absolutely, and I think he would be very proud of you right now yeah. for taking on what it is that you're taking on, and for doing the hard work. You know, right? It's, it's not easy to to grow and to heal, but yeah. you're doing it for real. I always I always say that like I feel like I'm my dad's wildest dream. Like. Mm-hmm. I am I am like the reflection of him. Like I'm my mother's child, but I'm I'm definitely my dad's child because he was feisty mm-hmm. and he didn't give a fuck. Like I've calmed down a lot. <laughs> yeah. But if I was still carrying that child, y'all would y'all would not like me. <laughs> I feel the same way. I feel the same way. And I feel like, you know, waking up and like, you know, going on a spiritual journey and coming to my awareness, like allow me to get closer to my dad because I am doing the things that I think he saw for me even yeah. before I was born. Yeah, And, you know, cause being an astrologer, like you're looking at the charts and you're seeing the things and you're like, Oh, this person is capable of blah, blah, blah. And I'm sure he probably was like, if she really can do this, that would be awesome. Right. You know, so I just feel like I use that energy a lot. Like when I start to feel like I can't move forward or I'm scared or whatever, I'm like, well, I need to connect because I need mm-hmm. to, to know like which direction to go in or, or do I have your uh, support here? You know, like I said, with the record, like it really does work like that. Just do it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right, let's do a few more. I have a I had a long list, but I know we um we talked a lot today, but it's cool. Um my next few is um to exercise, mm. move your body, and to sleep. Get your rest. Like do not feel bad about going to bed at 10:30 because nine times out of ten. It ain't shit going on after 10 o'clock, <laughs> even on a Saturday, okay? Even on a Friday night. Like, um, and I live in a major city where they party every day out here. So, um, you know, and when I first moved here, I did one of my homeboys, because um, I met him when I, um, when I came to visit Houston for the second time. And we were on the phone last week, and he was like, um, he was like, you almost got caught up in, the, in these Houston streets. Because I was out every weekend, three times, Friday, Saturday, and sometimes Sunday. Um, yes, when I first moved here. And like, because I think it was one, because I'm in a new city. Two, there's not these many options to party back home in Connecticut. Like we have, from the city that I'm from, New Haven, 
they are they are rotating probably one or two clubs. And out here, it's probably like over 20 clubs and bars where you can choose from, you know what I mean? Like, I was coming from a small city, so I was wilding out here. Um, and he was like, you almost got caught up. And I was like, I did. I really did almost get caught up. I think that's okay, though. Yeah, I figured out. I I redeemed myself, and so, um, but yeah, please make sure that you're getting your rest. And we talked about this, you know, um, briefly about possibly incorporating like a nighttime routine, um, so that it's like you're not just crashing when you go to bed at night. But um, exercise, move your body as much as you can, even if it's going for a walk for ten minutes, like. Just make sure that you're moving your body because um, I notice that when I don't stretch or when I don't do yoga, I can tell the difference in my body and like how it feels. Like, and at 30, you should not be saying, Oh, my back hurt, my back hurt, my. No, you should not be saying that. That's not okay. If you're saying that your back is hurting, that means that you need to be stretching more. Mm-hmm. And you need to be fi- working on your posture too. That's another thing. As I'm sitting here, like, yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guilty of it sometimes too, where uh-huh. I'm slouching. Um, but yeah, just please make sure that you're moving your body, you're exercising as much as you can. Um, oh, and then the next thing I said was to cut back on the alcohol. Mm. Um, it's not good for you. I mean, I drink, but I've cut back a lot because, um, it doesn't feel good, Mm -hmm. um, being drunk all the Mm -hmm. time, like throwing up, being intoxicated. Oh, what happened? You're tired. You're, you're groggy. Like it just doesn't feel good. And like, I know everybody's on their own individual journeys, but if you can, if you go out, if you have four drinks, maybe limited to two. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're somebody that has, um, you know, two drinks, maybe limited to one. Or mm-hmm. maybe try start drinking more wine and champagne. I don't know. Like, I, I can only speak from my own experience with the alcohol. It's like, I just, I've seen um, somebody that I was friends with, um, and I guess she had a a, a, um, a a drink a drinking problem. I didn't think anything of it, but like the past few years, like we would go out and she just would get so drunk. And I'm like, why? Why are you drinking so much to the point where it's like we have to clean up your throw up? Like that's not okay. And like when I would see her do that, it was embarrassing. You know what I mean? Like because we're grown as fuck. Like, do you think I want to clean up your alcohol? I mean, your throw up like that? No, I don't want any, and I don't want people to clean up um my throw up either because I drank too much and I didn't know how to control myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, um, just I'll just say from experience, people sometimes drink too much because they have trauma. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> No, 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 no. I know that is directly correlated. Like, I, I definitely get that. But if you're somebody that is doing that, I'm just bringing it to light that oh, yeah. 
down a little bit because I see it a lot of amongst men too. Like, oh yeah, they're bad with the two. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, you know, a lot of men that their hobby is drinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you think it's cute because everybody's yeah. doing it, but like some people, it's excessive. Yeah, it's excessive. Like I see a lot of men in um in their early to mid-30s um drinking excessively going to the bar daily type shit like Mm -hmm. that is not okay so you know i think that's partly because they also want partners but they don't know how to do it i don't know know. that's at the bar every day drinking i know they're stupid but i really do think part of that is because they feel a lot too like lonely yeah so they'd be like i'm just gonna go drink myself to death because i'll be i'm gonna die single but if you just heal then you will meet somebody who can tolerate your motherfucking ass yeah i agree because i i um (laughs) yeah and my new rule is um you know with the whole dating i'm not giving out my number at the bar anymore so if you see me doing that pop my hand Because I just meet too many crazies at the bar, like, and I and I be asking guys, I'm like, okay, so what do you like to do? And it's crickets. Mm. Going to the bar is what they like to do. And like, I got way too many alcoholics in my family to be repeating that same cycle. Yeah. So it's it's, a, it's gonna be a no for me, dog. Um, mm. But oh, and the last thing. I have cut back on alcohol, um, save and budget your money. And this is something that I have to, I'm working through, but um, self-control and discipline and boundaries with your money too. Like that's important. We don't, a lot of us talk about, I took this psychology of money course um, probably back in March maybe. Um, and one of the things that the lady talked about, and that's terrible, I can't remember her name, but um, she talked about the, they talked about the emotions behind money. Mm-hmm. And a lot of us don't address the emotions behind the money, you know, mm-hmm. our finances. So when I say um, self-control, discipline, and boundaries, um, that's with other people and with yourself too. Like okay. that is really important. So, um, you know, learn how to say no, find a budget that works for you, um, and save as much as you can. Um, mm-hmm. if you have the means to do it, I should say, because some people are living, you know, paycheck to paycheck, but, um, if you have the means to do it, please save your money. Yeah. You have any more lessons you want to give us that you want? Uh, drink water. Okay. Um, have fun. Mm. Because life is about more than the daily grind, whether you go to work or you work for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about the enjoyment of the experience. Um, you know, we came here. Um, and to be in these bodies to use them for our enjoyment mm-hmm. pleasure you know of course we want to be safe and responsible so while we do want to save money for somebody like myself 
I was like a money hoarder. So whatever money I had, I would be like, it's mine. I, I need it. I need it because, because I might end up broke. Never once have I been destitute, but yet was in this mind frame of got to do like this with the coins. But when we're talking about manifestation, which I was, you have to spend money in order for money to come back to you. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you have to let it go sometimes for you to get some. So budgeting is a really good way to make sure that you are on target, but also allow yourself to be a little bit free with the money that you do have, you know, uh, pamper yourself, spend some money on yourself every now and again, uh, not just other people or going out. Um, but I think that was it. Have fun, spend a little bit of money and drink water. Yeah. Um, have fun is important. Um, and that's kind of going back to the whole, you know, briefly going back to the whole dating thing is like, yeah. Just enjoy yourself um, and don't think too much about whatever it is that that you're doing um, mm-hmm. and that will allow you to have fun um, with whatever it is that you're doing. So mm-hmm. I definitely, yeah. and it's important, I see it now that everybody's tapping back into their inner child. So it's like, if you have the opportunity to do that, that will allow you to have more fun and bring mm-hmm. bring more happiness into your life. It's just to do the things that you were doing as a child, but in an adult way, obviously, mm-hmm. um, don't be jumping off bridges and uh, doing backflips if, if, <laughs> if you know it's going to take you a little longer to recover. Right. You know, that's how I found out about that. Uh, not not worrying about money and, and having fun is because I did this inner child meditation and mm. I just asked her like how can I have more fun with my kids and enjoy my life and she was like don't worry about money yeah I'm worried about the money and just fucking be free yeah. and I was like she don't have no kids she don't no. have no bills so of mm. course she would say that but yeah <laughs> you did this meditation with somebody else yeah with a hypnotherapist Okay, got you. Yeah. Um, I got you. Okay, so seriously, last, I'm going to do two more and then we can get out of here. Okay. Um, <laughs> my next two, um, get professional help if you have the means to do it. Um, whether the professional help is with a therapist, a massage therapist, um a life coach, um, a dating coach, (laughs) um, what other things, a doctor, um, a dentist. (laughs) Well, let us know. Take care of your teeth. Um, but seriously, um, right. Get the professional hope if you have the means to do it. A lot of us, um, you know, we talk about, like you said, um, Treat yourself, um, and that is a part of you know your self care and getting professional help. Um, outsourcing, if you have the means to 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 take some um, relief off of your back, uh, give your laundry to somebody to do, um, which I'm an advocate for because, or hire a cleaning lady if you can. Um, I've done the whole laundry thing. I haven't done it lately, but it was helpful when I was doing it. Um, having somebody because I, I I despise laundry. Um, 
But yeah, get professional. I got two loads to go through down. I got a load to wash. I'm just like, child, no. Um, but yeah, get professional help if you have the means to do it. Um, just to help elevate your life as much as you can. Um, it's important to get help. Um, and don't be afraid to ask for it. Um, my next one that I've learned recently is to have boundaries and don't feel bad about enforcing those boundaries. Mm -hmm. I don't care who it is. A lot of us have a problem enforcing boundaries with our family. And I am an, I'm an app. If you need the support to uh, enforce boundaries with your family, let me know. I can help you. Um, and everybody has different relationships with their family. And it doesn't have to be disrespectful either. I think a lot of us um, are hesitant about enforcing boundaries with our family, our loved ones, because we think like, oh, you know, this is my mom or whatever. And it's like, so who cares? Like, this is your life. Because when she's gone, no shade. Like, I love my mother. But when she's gone, like, then what? Right. You know, like, I have to enforce these boundaries because it's going to keep me sane, mm -hmm. you know? So don't feel bad about enforcing the boundaries. And with that, it's like, you have to figure out what you need, I guess, um, from that person and verbalize it. And mm -hmm. um, I had Misha on here back in the fall on the podcast. She's a therapist and she was saying how you have to keep doing it. You know, don't stop. Just because you did it one time doesn't mean anything, you know, because especially yeah, if it's new that you're incorporating with said person. Like, you may have to keep doing it and doing it and saying it until they're like, okay, I get it. Or you may, and if they don't get it, you may have to remove yourself. And mm -hmm. it's hard, but shit, I do it all the time. And people will live and they will be okay. Like, you have to understand that. Like, this is your life. You're in control. You are the driver. You are the captain of your ship. So do not feel bad about that shit, period. Yep. Period. <laughs> Don't feel bad about it, seriously. What are they going to do? Especially if you're an adult and you ain't living with your parents no more. Girl. Right. And I will add that you need to include them kids, like I was saying earlier, because yes, if you have children. Yes, yes. If you have children, don't feel bad about it. Right, exactly. And now that you said that, when my nephews come back over again, I ain't gonna feel bad. Cause like I do be feeling bad, like, you know, because they're so cute and cuddly, you know. <laughs> Yeah, but like, like, okay, well, I'll say, for instance, like the neighbor girl, like she kind of helped me see this too, because like, she still keeps coming back over here. But I'm just like, no, with her, I'm like that. Now with my kids, I'm like, nope, nope. Oh, this is the one that your daughter was playing with. Um, mm -hmm. Did you talk about that? Because you said that your daughter was at somebody's house. And... Oh, no, this is a different girl. Oh, okay. All right. So, so this experience is allowing my daughter to learn about relationships and, and really communicating people because they keep getting into it. So every time they start beefing, I'm like, mm, let's talk about this. This person, you, you're being overly sensitive. 
you, you're being overly aggressive. Y'all got to find the balance or you're not going to be able to play together because y'all don't vibe the same. So every time there's an issue, I try to bring them the truth of it because, I mean, they need to learn that. So, Yeah, absolutely. Do you have anything else you want to add to the lessons um, before we head out? Get in touch with your emotions and practice emotional intelligence. I pulled these cards out so I could get the word and use your voice in order for you to uh, find your true happiness. Okay. I love that. Yes. Speak up for what you need at all times. Right. (laughs) Period. Period. Seriously. Um, But yeah, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, I guess I want this to be a birthday episode. Um, You know, I didn't go through all the lessons that I've learned in my in my 20s, but I definitely want or hope that some of these resonate with some of y'all. And if you're a woman that is turning 30 this year or in your early to mid 30s, like I've been learning with the help of Shiva and um, Janae, um, the other young lady I had on the podcast, fuck what people got to say about you. Um, Who cares what they got to say? Like live your life, do what you feel like is best for you. And, um, and yeah, that's it. Like, fuck what people got to say. Like, that's what I'm moving into in my thirties, um, turning 30 is like, fuck what, what anybody got to say about it. I will whip your ass, period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not literally. I, I wouldn't, I would not harm anybody. I just want to say that I have in the past. I'm a changed person, but. <laughs> hey, protection is not harm. Oh, no, no, no. I have to protect myself. Trust me, I will. Just remember that. Because I think sometimes that's why we don't have our boundaries because we don't really grasp the concept of I'm protecting myself. We're like, I don't want to be mean. Fuck that. You are stepping on me. So I must Mm -hmm. like this. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, But don't get it twisted that if you put your hands on me, I will whoop your ass. Um, And that's just going to be the end of that. And I will not feel bad about it. But... I won't. Don't forget that I, I am a, 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 a girl from New Haven, Connecticut. I'm very much still from the East Coast, so okay. the, the fire is still, it's, it's still lit. Okay. okay. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't booming, but it's lit, though. But, yeah, um, I definitely want to thank you um, for your, your contribution to the podcast and um, just helping me like you you are really helping me and we're able to help each other and help other people that are mm-hmm. listening to the show as well and I really hope that y'all hear a word please subscribe to the podcast download it share it review let us know um, what you're thinking how you're living what you know what what lessons have y'all learned in um in your 20s um, let me know, and I'll put that on Instagram too, so we can have a, we can talk about it. Um, so yeah. Anything else you want to add before we head out? Nope, I'm good. Oh wow. <laughs> what you think? I always have something to say. Yeah, you have. You are very insightful. You're like, oh, the bitch who always wants to talk and say something, don't have nothing to say. No, no, no I think. I'm just saying. I feel like you have great things to say. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> 
Well, no, I guess that's it. Just, um, I mean, because what I would say wouldn't have any uh, resonance probably by the time that it comes out because you're going to put this out, what, in a couple weeks? Next week, I'll put it out. Okay. Well, maybe I'll still share it. I would just say that, you know, this week is a really great opportunity for us to take a really deep and true and sincere look at what we are allowing to stop us from expanding because it's always us. You know, we can't blame other people for holding us back. We have to um, acknowledge that it's you standing in front of you. Like if there was a doorway to your future or to your success in front of you and you can see the outline, the light on the other side of it. If there's anybody blocking you, I bet it looks like you. So do that this week. Look in that mirror, child. Yep. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you later. Peace.